my father it taught me a lot of great things. My brother and I are both are both pastors today. Even though my dad was not in church when I was growing up, my mom took me to church by myself. And the reason why I think that my brother and I are both in the ministry is because my dad taught me the thing called consequences. You know, when you learn consequences, you learn to do the will of God. Because if you don't learn consequences, you're not afraid of God. You do dumb things. And so while my dad wasn't taking me to church and shouting with me across the front every service, or maybe he wasn't tucking me in in bed at night and reading Bible scriptures to me, he taught me, you do what's right, you work, you do what's right, and you think about the consequences. So when God began to call me into ministry, I thought about the consequences. If I don't listen to God, it's going to be bad. And the fear of God was in me because my earthly father taught me I'm supposed to obey authority. Have you all learned that from your earthly fathers? If you didn't, that's why you're struggling. But you can still learn it. It's not too late. It might be harder now that you're older, but you need to learn obedience. Because my earthly father, he made sure that my brother and I remembered in, in great suffering and pain at times that, that we will do what's right or there are consequences. And that is so important for fathers to be disciplinaries, especially for their boys. Because when I was six foot tall at the age of 16, my five foot two mama wasn't, she wasn't very scary. And she'd try to whoop me and I would laugh the whole time. <laughs> I'd just, I would kind of laugh cry. I'd be like, oh, <laughs> oh. Because <laughs> it was funny that she was trying to hurt me and didn't hurt. And then when she realized it wasn't working, she'd say, I'm going to tell your daddy when he gets home. And I started crying for real. And it wasn't the belt that hurt. It was the fear of my father coming home and my mom saying, you laughed at mama when she was whooping you? You ain't going to be laughing, boy, now. And boy, I would cry my little face off. And so my dad taught me a valuable lesson, and I give my dad honor today. Thankful for fathers today. John 5 and 19, you can stay seated. Let me get right into it. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. I do what my father taught me how to do. I'm just like my daddy. It's just natural for me to be like my dad. Some of you wives have said that to your husbands. You're just like your daddy. Those are fighting words. I guess it could be good, but it's never used good. You're, you're rich just like your dad. No one ever says that. You won't take the trash out just like your dad. It's always negative. But Jesus here is saying, look, I'm doing what I've learned from my father. For what things he's doing, these also do it the son likewise. I'm just acting like my dad. For the father loves the son and shows him all things that himself doeth. I guess I pulled the King James Version up here, Keller. He will show him greater works than these that ye marvel. For as the Father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the Son quickeneth whom he will. I'm going to raise the dead because the Father raises it. I'm going to do what I've got from the Father. You can only give out what you receive. 
And the reason why there are, are weak fathers is because we do not receive from our heavenly Father. We say, because I've had no daddy to teach me, I can't do it. But Jesus said, I have a heavenly Father. I have a Father that showed me what to do. I have a Father that showed me how to live. I had a, a Father that gave me the power to overcome. I've got someone in my life, a, a greater than my earthly Father. I have a heavenly Father. There are no excuses today because we all have access to our heavenly Father. You may not have your daddy around right now. You may not know his name. He may not have been around you, but you have access to a father, a father that sticks closer than a brother, a father that is close as the mention of his name. Everyone in this room today has access to a heavenly Father. There are no excuses for the dad that was never there. You have a daddy now that's trying to get in your life. Why won't you open up to him? Why won't you submit yourself to him? He will show you what to do. He will teach you what to do. You can raise the dead if you learn from your heavenly father. It's amazing how much fathers can help us or hurt us. Not having a good father puts more stress on the mother. Some women say amen. There have been many, many women that had to raise their kids on their own because the father was not there. The father was not supportive. The father did not help financially. And it puts major stress on the mother to raise. Those children grow up without a masculine role model, and they need it. The girls need the protector in their life. The boys need to learn how to be a man and control their anger, control their temper, harness their power for good. Boys need masculinity in their lives. A lot of boys are not homosexual. They were just raised by women, and they're only used to seeing feminine nature. And the reason why they act a little bit like a woman is because they've had no man in their life. Don't you dare go walk up to some boy who never had a father in his life and try to tell him that he's homosexual. That's not true. Sometimes I use the word sex in church. There's kids here like, Mommy, what does that mean? Okay, kids, let me tell you what sex is. It's when you get too kissy with someone. So some of y'all don't know what sex is. It's when you start to get kissy on people that's not your, it's not your, your spouse, okay? That's what it means. Why are y'all laughing? Diego, you had not taught them yet? They're confused. They're like, what? Unfortunately, they, they probably learn from all the wrong sources. That's what it means. Mothers are not as effective when there's no dad around because they, they have to work more secular jobs to make ends meet. So now they can't even be mama because they have to be mama and dad. You know, what, what's interesting about this is, is there are people here right now that, that you did not have a dad, but you're becoming just like the complaint that you've given all your life. I find that, that odd that you would grow up your whole life saying dad wasn't there and then not be there for your own. How do we take you seriously whenever you say it's tough on me? It was tough on me. It obviously didn't hurt you very bad because you were repeating it for your own family. Anything you've complained against should become your power to do something different in the future. 
Anything that you're raised around that you didn't have, you now get the opportunity to be the opposite of that thing for your own wife and children. Do not complain to us about how bad it was and then repeat that same process and cause that same pain. Use that pain to make something change for your purpose and your future. Mothers enjoy the peace and the security of having a strong, dependable, godly man around. Isn't that right, ladies? You can act like you don't need a man, but the deep down you know that you do. Especially when stuff breaks. Or there's a noise outside at night. I can just see Sarah right now. Aubrey, Aubrey, what was that? Aubrey, I heard a cricket trying to break in. There's a, there's a bug. Get it, Aubrey! Yeah, I don't know him like I do. But mothers enjoy the peace, the security of a strong man, a confident man, a man that knows how to swing a baseball bat, a man that knows how to defend the family, a man that is dependable when the emotions are crazy every 30 days. That man knows how to stand strong and say, bless God, we're still going to live right no matter how you feel or think or emotions. Some have not had an earthly father around at all, and sometimes that's good because he could have been around and been a jerk. He could have been around and he could have done a lot of bad things to you. There are people who never had an earthly father around, and there are people who have had a horrible earthly father. But thank God today for every hardworking, godly, do-their-best father out there, even if they aren't godly. Thank God for every every do-their-best dad. Maybe not perfect, but gets up in the morning and does their best. Tries to fix the car, tries to get stuff right, tries his best. Thank God for men that say, I'm not perfect. I don't know everything, but I'm going to try to work this out. I'm going to try to get out there and get the elbow grease on it. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to provide the best I can. Thank God for every man who tries to be a godly man, a man of God. Thank God for good, natural, earthly fathers. Let's give them a hand clap right now. I'm thankful for every man who says, I'm going to do my best to be a man. We need to forgive our earthly fathers. They have such a high standard. They're the leaders of the home. And boy, the higher you go, the harder you fall. And the reason why men have got it so tough is because so much is expected of them. I know the ladies are probably thinking, no, it's easy to be a man. Yeah, so uh, when there's a draft and a war, they call guys to go die. I know it's tough taking care of the kids with the dad not around, but uh, you ever had a bullet go by your head? You ever had to have your buddy's legs blown off and you pull them out? I mean, no, I know the diaper gets dirty, but uh, men, uh, you got to forgive men because there's a lot expected from men. There are women out there that say, I want to stay home. I want to take care of the kids, post stuff on Instagram about how pretty the kitchen looks every now and then. And I want you to go out there and make all the money and fight the world and get in traffic 
okay, dear, whatever you say. Okay. And that man's to go there. And then when he gets home, we're living in 2023 now. You got to do dishes. Because we've updated what, what it means to be a man now. It used to be the man would come home and he would rest. But no, 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 no. No, 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 no. No. You come home now and you work. That's right. After a long day, after paying all the bills, come home and work. And, and I'm not saying that's wrong. If the, if the woman's working all day, okay, let's all work the same. That's fair. I agree with that. Let's work the same. Now, if she ain't working... It ain't the same. If he's out there digging a hole all day at 106 degrees and you're in there cleaning these dishes in the air conditioner, it's got to be the same. Don't play that game. Make sure it's the same. All right? Yeah. Thank you, Rita. I recognize that voice. You need to forgive your fathers. You know why? Because they're just human. Men are just human. Men are, are from a fallen nature. Because our earthly fathers, we come from Adam, the first man. And Adam sinned. And we all come from that, that father Adam, our earthly heritage. And so you need to stop being mad at your dad because he's just a fallen man. We put too high of an expectation on sinful people. If your father is not praying, if your father does not read the word, if your father's not committed to God, then why do you have such a high standard for a sinful fallen man? If your father isn't right with God, why do you expect so much from him? He's Adam. He's Adam 2.0. He's broken. He's hurt. He's busted. And he needs Jesus Christ in his life so he can turn things around. We have a high standard on our earthly fathers, and we want to ruin our own lives because daddy wasn't right. You need to learn to forgive your daddy because dad was just a man. He is not your heavenly father. Stop trying to think every man's like your dad. Stop trying to think your God is like your dad. Our God is not a man that he should lie. Our God is far above. His ways are higher. He's nothing like a normal man. Stop bringing your daddy issues into your worship thinking that you can't trust God or preachers or pastors because your dad wasn't there. We're not all like that. I've been redeemed. I've been blood-bought. I've been saved. I've got his spirit inside of me. I'm a man like your daddy but I've got the spirit of my heavenly father. You can trust a man full of the Holy Ghost. You can trust a man who fasts. You can trust a man who prays. You can trust a man that walks with God. You can't just trust any man, but you can trust a man who hears from his heavenly father. 
Notice what King David prayed after he got caught committing adultery and killing the woman's husband, his own faithful soldier. In Psalms 51 and 5, he says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. We've got to understand that our earthly fathers are fallen, our failures are broken. Earthly fathers should be honored, and they should be respected, but they should not always be followed after. Not trying to be like my earthly dad. Now, there are things my earthly dad, I call them and ask for advice. And they're typically earthly. Hey, dad, how do you fix this uh, part on the car? Hey, how do you invest in this real estate? What would you do? It's usually from an earthly perspective. But I am not trying to emulate or copy my earthly father. As much as I honor and respect him, I'm thankful for his wisdom and all the blessings he's given to me. I am not trying to be like my earthly father. I have a higher calling. I have another calling. It's greater than what my dad did. It's not just business. It's not just investments. It's not just car sales. It's a calling to a higher place, to a higher purpose. I'm not just going to follow after my earthly father. It's amazing how many people are in the prison of being like their father or being nothing like a father because they did not have one. In the Old Testament, God called Abram to leave his father's house so that he could use him and bless him. The two go hand in hand. You cannot walk with the Lord and hold on to your earthly father. He will hold you back and not even try. It's the family business. They mean well because they're your earthly father and their job is to make sure you got clothes and food. But our heavenly father said, I clothe all the animals. I give them all the food that they need. Don't you worry about what you have or don't have, but seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first me and my righteousness, and I'll provide everything you have need of. You've got to forgive your earthly fathers. We're always worried about your, your making sure you're okay and provided for, but, but we don't have to worry. We can walk with God. Abram, you can walk with God. It's okay, Abram, you can leave your father's house. I know you're afraid to leave your father's house. There's an inheritance there. There's comfort there. You know everybody there. But Abram, I'm calling to you right now. Separate yourself from daddy, and I'll be your new daddy. And when I become your father, you can have much more than you could have had with your earthly father. God told Abram, I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. Get to walking, and I will give you the land everywhere you walk with me. I will give you authority over it. And it didn't take long for Abram to be a name change, Abraham, which means the father. you got to walk with your father to become like your father. You know what? Abram made a good call that day because it didn't take but just a little bit of verses in the Scripture, a little bit of time, and he was a very rich man. I'm telling someone right now, you may have to put your earthly father in the right perspective, and you may have to disconnect from him in a way so that you can connect to your heavenly father. In the New Testament, Jesus told a seeking disciple to miss his earthly father's funeral so that he could follow him. He said, I, I, I want to follow you, but my daddy died. And he said, let the dead bury the dead. 
Now, now some of y'all, you would have thought that was the most disrespectful thing ever. Why would he say that? Because dad's dead. He ain't coming back. I'll take over from here. Why spend time on a one-week funeral procession and a celebration and all the things when there's people going to hell? Why waste time staying connected to the memory of just a man when you can follow me? Strong words from Jesus. But we've got to understand today that there are, there are three fathers that call to us. And the first is our, our earthly father. Our earthly father. Someone say our earthly father. The second father is the father of lies. John 8 and 43, why do you not understand my speech, Jesus said, because you are not able to listen to my word. And you are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. There is another father that speaks to us and rules us and guides us, and that is Satan. He is the father of lies. And Jesus here tells the religious people, You're the father, you are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own, own resources. For he is a liar and the father of the lies. He is the creator of the deception. He's a creator of the lie. Our earthly father is the creator of sinful nature. You've got that. Your satanic father, I hope it's not your father, but your satanic father, possibly, is the father of deception. Look at the combination. It is possible to have a sinful nature from Adam and have a lying spirit from Satan. If you choose to be like those fathers, that's your destiny. Satan is the father of lies because he was the first to tell a lie. He's the great deceiver. Your earthly father is flawed, but Satan is purposely out to destroy you. Forgive your earthly father. He's just a man. But Satan, don't you dare play games with Satan. He's out to destroy you and lie to you. Listen to this. Lies come from Satan, not from people. That's a revelation in itself. You're lying to me only because Satan lied to them. Eve lied to Adam because Satan lied to Eve. It never crossed Eve's mind to lie until it was planted in her by her father. When you catch somebody lying, being deceived, please understand something. It is satanic. It is from Satan. Lying should be the most most fought against thing we ever catch people doing. Because there's few things more satanic than lying. I want to talk about this today because all lying comes from the father, Satan. And we've got to be careful that he's not our dad today. That we are not lying. Lies come from Satan. 
Did you know that hell was created for the devil? No one of the Bible says that all liars will have their place in the. You are never more like Satan than when you were lying. That's heavy right there. Y'all, that is serious right there. Lying gives you happiness for a season and suffering for eternity. Honesty gives you suffering for a season and happiness for eternity. I would rather tell the truth and pay the price down here than tell a lie and pay the price down there. I refuse to be like that father. I'm not going to be like my earthly father, and I'm not going to be like satanic father. I refuse to be natural. I want to be born again of water and spirit. And I refuse to be deceived. I refuse to be like my satanic father. He cannot be my father. If you don't want him to be your father, tell the truth every time. Be honest every time. Never lie. No matter the cost, no matter what you think you'll lose, Pay the price now so you don't have to join him in hell later. Y'all, it's satanic. Lying is satanic. And we, don't, we talk about it like, you know, lying's not good. No, lying literally is from the father of lies. You know what lying is? Lying is when you get lied to. You're the victim of his work. The reason why you're lying is because you've been lied to. You believe a lie that it'll be better if you just lie. That's a lie. You're deceived. You're, li- you're lying to yourself. But Satan is the first liar. Satan lies to people, and that's why people lie to you. So you get mad at people for lying to you. You should be mad at Satan for lying to them. And we wrestle not against flesh and blood. but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. Y'all, our our battle is not with the person deceiving us. Our battle is with the spirit that's causing them to lie. It's hard to talk a liar out of lying because it's satanic. When a person becomes a liar, what do you even do? You know, this is the reason why, men, Jesus did not just pray and love on the lying religious people, but he looked them in the eyeballs and said, you're of your father the devil. That's all you can say to a liar is you're just like the devil because you're lying right now. There is no hugging people out of lying. There is no crying on someone's shoulder that's a liar. A person that's a liar is going to have to have some punishment. And that's why he said, you know what you're going to get for being a liar? You're going to get hell. Lying ought to, be, ought to be a non-negotiable for us. Thank you, Lord. Everybody okay so far? Just a little Bible study today. Satan's first lie was to a woman. And Adam believed Eve. And these, uh, these women are like, I just don't have any authority or power over men. 
<laughs> okay, read the Bible. Oh, uh, I'm just a woman. I, you know, I'm not an authority. Oh, okay, Eve. How did you get Adam to basically just give up everything? She was like, hey, what's up? So uh, you want to eat some fruit with me? And Adam was like, you know what? I think I will. You're pretty good looking. The strongest and best of us men are no match for a deceitful woman. Let me tell the men today to watch out. Watch out for deceitful women. Because Samson was great until Delilah. Jezebel put on her makeup and went to the king and said, go kill the prophets. And he was like, sure thing, let's go. When the woman gets lied to, the woman has great influence over the man. And any woman who thinks she doesn't have influence over her husband, what kind of woman are you? Because you ought to. You ought to have influence over. Herodias' daughter danced for King Herod, and he was like, you know what? That looks so good. I'll give you anything, up to half the, what do you want? Just name it. And they were like, oh, just, you know, John the Baptist's head. He was like, oh, well, I like that guy, but I got to kill him. Because, because Herodias' daughter danced, he killed the man of God. Because a woman was involved, and the man wasn't able to know that the woman was being lied to. He gave in to the woman. So while we are not against women, we are against the spirit that talks to women, that controls the man. Man, you know what you need more than a woman in your life? You need God. You know what men need more than women? Is God, a walk with God. Don't don't be upset at that, women. Trust me, you want that man to be having a walk with God. Because no godly woman wants to be with a man that's not walking with God. It ought to be your number one desire as a godly woman to say, Sir, you need to walk with God and get right with God. Men, we need the Lord more than we need women and marriage and relationships and kisses and dates. We need to walk with God. You can make it without a woman if you have a walk with God. And young men, make sure you pick a good one. Because if she ever listens to Satan's voice, it can destroy you. And thank God for women who don't listen to Satan's voice. Because we need our women strong and praying. It makes a difference. Satan wants to take out the men. And he often tries to use women to do it, men. Why? Because women can be influenced by thoughts and feelings that they have, which is the voice of Satan. Please don't tell me, ladies, that you you have no power over men. Yes, you have great influence. Yes, women, you have great influence. The reason why I'm telling you this is because men, this is Father's Day, and men need you, ladies. Your voice matters so much. It really does. It matters so much. But please hear me today. Men can kiss anybody, but they only marry quality. And what men need is quality women. 
because you are greatly influencing in his life. But you've got to be a woman that he wants to marry, not just a woman he wants to kiss. I'm telling you, men, we need women. We need quality, God-fearing women in our lives. A man who cares about God's Word more than a woman's wink is unstoppable. So listen to me, fathers. Listen to me, men. You need to desire God more than women. And some of y'all don't understand maybe the depth of that statement, but our world is plagued with a desire for sex for men. It is ruining this world because men would rather have women than God. Don't do it, men. Don't do it. In closing today, we have another father that we can choose to follow today, and that's our Heavenly Father. Someone say our Heavenly Father. Did you know our God wants us to be just like Him? In fact, the Bible says in the beginning that we were made in the image and the likeness of God. Now, this is an interesting concept because God did not come as a woman. God came as a man. Do you all believe that's the truth? A man, right? Not a woman. A man. Wow. That worked out perfectly. 1 Corinthians 11 and 3, but I would have you know that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is the man, and the head of Christ is God. See the order? See the flow? God, man, woman. God, man, woman. Verse 7, for a man indeed ought not to cover his head. 1 Corinthians 11 and 7. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and glory of God. But the woman is the glory of the man. I know that might be controversial these days. I don't know why it is. Well, I know why it is. Because we're not in our rightful place anymore. The roles have been reversed. But God made man for himself. And so we could relate God made woman for man. I am the woman in the relationship with God. That's why the Bible calls me the bride of Christ. For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Does that make you feel less valuable, ladies? If it does, then I feel less valuable because I'm the bride of Christ. It is not a downgrade to be the bride. That's all you can be when you're the woman. You can't be the husband. You know why? Because you can't be the protector. You can't be the provider. You can't be the builder. You can't be the savior. When we read stuff like this, it makes us feel macho, powerful, like, that's right, the woman was made for me. But you're missing the entire context of it, guys. 
When we read this and we're like, that's what the Bible says, husbands love your wives and wives submit. We just skip right over the love your wives part. As Christ loved and gave himself, which means died. We just skip right over that part. That's right, woman, submit to me. I do love you. Somewhere deep in my heart. I'm working, aren't I? (laughs) You're working because you don't want to be around her anymore. Oh, don't you lie to her. You know you're lying right now. You know you took that extra job because you're sick of being at home with her. Lying right now. Well, baby, you know I got to work late tonight. Well, how convenient. Your marriage is on the rocks. We feel real macho. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be like God because God was a man, and I'm a man, and I'm like God, right? So who was God? God was, number one, a creator. So if we're going to be men, if we're going to be like our God, okay, I got, I got a word for you right now. Then create something. That's powerful right there, men. Start a business. Oh, I can't do it. Be like your God. Create something out of nothing. Well, the wife I have right now, she's not that great. Create something. My kids are not that great. Create something. Speak into their life. Go home and say, look at me. I love you. You're valuable. You can do this. Create with your words, men, the first revelation of who God is as a masculine God is he is a creator. Stop making excuses for your dead-end job and get out there and make something happen. Well, I can't do that. My dad never taught me how to do that. My dad worked over here at 7-Eleven my whole life. Get out there and be like your heavenly father. He can create anything he wants to just by speaking it into existence. Come on, macho man. Be like your father. That's right. I'm the man. Well, go be a man. Be a worker. What did God do? First six days of creation. He worked. That's why on day seven he, you better earn your seventh day off. You don't get no day of rest if you have no six of work. Our God is a creator. Our God is a worker. And there's no such thing as a lazy, godly man. No such thing. And I'm glad we mentioned that rest part because I don't think men know how to do that. And some men will work, 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 and they never take a break and rest. And that's a convicting word to somebody right now in this room. You work too much. You never get your quiet time to recuperate. You will burn out if you don't take time and work. It takes faith to rest. 
You know why? Because on that seventh day that you're not working, God's working for you. God will give you double and triple and ten times. If you will trust in God on the seventh day and you will give God a day off and say, I trust you, God will multiply the other six because you know where your help comes. Your help comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from the field. It comes from the master of the field. You want to be like your God, men? Be a protector. Because in the Old Testament, God was like, they talked about me? Them Hittites, Ivatites, Midianites, all the ites, they talking trash about Jehovah God? You tell them I'm coming to wipe them out. Don't you, talk, don't you mess with my children. Not only is our God a creator and our God a builder and a worker, but our God is a protector. Where are the godly men at that stand up for what's right and wrong? Where are the godly men out in the church that say, this ain't going to happen in AFC? I'm a godly man. This ain't the right spirit. That ain't right. I don't like it. I don't like my wife talking, all that gossip. Where are you at, godly man? You're a man of God. I'm with you. I stand behind you. Rise up and shut that down. That spirit's going to destroy you, Ahab. Don't you let Jezebel take over. We need godly men to stand up and fight. Because you'd rather have her than God. You've always chased women. Chase God. What about what he thinks? Women want it. They want protection crying out for help, and you think because you're working all the time, you have no time to, hey, sometimes you got to put the hammer down and pick up the sword. What are you building for if everything's dead when you come home? What's the point of making the money, sir, if your family's going to hell? I hope everyone's listening to me right now and not trying to tune me out. What is the point of you working hard and making money if your children are dropping like flies? I'm a man because I, you can play, I'm a man because I work hard. No, you're a man because you work hard and you know one to protect. And there comes a time when you get to put down your business and put down your side job and put down your hustle and maybe make a little less money to make sure your family's coming to church. I'm talking to you man to man right now. Don't care what your wife thinks right now. I'm talking to you man to man. Your whole family is needing you. And I know you didn't have a father there to show you the ropes, but you do have one. You know what men need? They need the love of a man. Because all we have is the love of our wives. But you know what men need? They don't need some woman crying on their shoulder all the time. They need a man to look them in the eye and say, listen to me, I love you, but you ain't right. You see, the woman doesn't, is not supposed to talk to her husband that way. So who will if the woman won't? Another man will. You're a macho man, huh? The Bible says that God's a provider. 
we must be a provider. And we have a spirit that says, I make sure our family has what it needs. Do you? Do you make sure your family has what it needs or what it wants? Does she want another purse? Does she need to get to church and pray? You are a man of God. You don't do what she wants. You do what she needs. Because you're a provider. And when she's making you go in debt because she wants fancy things in the house and she wants all the drama and all the junk of this life and materialism, you look her in the eye and say, no. And she threatens to leave you, say, then okay. I don't want you to, but that's on you. We're not all going down because of you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide for you what you need. And I dare say to people right now that you can't have retirement because your wife, because some woman won't support what we need. Your family needs more than money, sir. We gain the whole world. Lose our souls. Where are your kids at? How's things going? They have money and cars and they can eat. That's great. But God will provide all that for them. But you know what they need is a father to stand up and say, I'm a man. Like my father. I'm in charge. I've got this. I can do this. Maybe you think you've checked all the boxes of what it means to be a godly man. But there's one left, and we don't find this out about God until the New Testament. And that is not the God that creates, and that's not the God that just protects, and that's not just the God that provides. It's the God that loves. Between the genders, and there's only two, by the way, between men and women, which one is the most loving? Matthew, we would say, it's Mother's Day. Mothers are the nurturers. I didn't ask you if they were nurturing. I asked you, are they loving? Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit. It's both love. It looks different. Where's the man love? We know woman love. Woman love is submit, honor, respect. That's our job as the church. But how do we show love as a man? It's not just provision and protection and fighting and standing up and working. It's giving ourselves for others. You see, we think we're valuable because we make money and we're valuable because we can, we can fend off the enemies and we're valuable because of this and that. But you know what truly, truly makes us godly men? The final revelation of what a man is, it's a man that can give love. That's why the Bible says over and over and over in John and First John, over and over, I won't do it today, that, that your father is love. Your father is love. Be like your father because he's love. Why is it the father that's called the love and not the mother? 
His greater love hath no man than this, except a man has a baby. No. Except a man is willing to lay down his life. The final check mark on being a godly man is being a loving man. Oh, if you're loving, Matthew, you're weak, you're feminine. It's a lie. David had a harp one minute, singing and crying and worshiping and dancing. And the next minute, where's the enemy at? I'll kill a thousand. I'll kill 10,000. There's a connection between our love and our power. Men, you know what the Lord told me to tell you today? You have a love deficit. Oh, we don't talk to men like this. No, we say, you just get up, wipe your tears off, and dust off the pain and keep going. No, that's not biblical. You've never had a father love you. And you cannot give love because who have you received it from? The love of God wants to, to move in this place today to every man that you don't even realize how little of your father you truly have until you have a love for others. Angry all the time, it's because you don't love people. Quick-tempered, you don't love them. Well, you ain't going to talk to me like that. They talked to Jesus like that. They killed him over it, and he let him do it. This does not take away from my creative ability. This does not take away from my protective abilities. This does not take away from my provision abilities. This stacks on top of all of it. In fact, this defines it all. Men, we can do a lot of great things, but until we're willing to, to lay our life down for our wives and our children, we are not like our, our Heavenly Father. Men need love more than in ever before. And we're not like women, and we don't act like women, and we don't work like women, but we need love from the Father. And that's what's messed up in us. Ladies, your love's not enough for Him. As much as my wife cares for me and submits and all those wonderful things she does, her love doesn't change me. Women are like, well, I'm going to do my best, and it's going to change him. Only the Father. Only the Father can change this man. Only the Father can change me. Only my Heavenly Father can do it. Nobody else can do it but him, and I need him desperately today. I need him to show me the way. I need him to lead me. I need him in prayer meetings. I need him in the Bible study. I need my heavenly father now more than ever before because I can't find it in my earthly father. And Satan left me high and dry. I need love from my heavenly father. Men are dying for love. God wants you men to know that you are loved and you are valuable and that God's got a special calling for you to love others. Enough of this being called a sissy stuff that you learned in the second grade. That's not of God. 
God, give us loving men who are gentle. This doesn't mean you can't fight. It means you know when to. Give us loving men that are strong and under control. Where's the love of the Father on this Father's Day? Because we need it bad, y'all. I need to be saturated in the love of God. You know, guys, sometimes I feel inadequate. I feel like I'm not creative enough. I feel like I'm not a good provider. I'm not good enough at protecting. But you know one thing I can do? I can die. It costs me nothing to die. Whether your daddy taught you to build or not, you can die. Whether your dad taught you to provide or not, you can die. It costs you nothing to die. No degree to die. No father in your life to die. You know what? He also taught us how to die. He showed us how to give ourselves up. That's what's missing in men today. Is the love of the Father in us. Can we lift our hands across this sanctuary, this place? Sir, you are loved by God. You were made for God, sir. For man was made for the glory of the Lord. To love him and to be loved by him. We are lovers first. We are lovers primarily. Oh God, make me a lover when I can't be a creator and I can't be a protector and I can't be a provider make me at least a lover I can do that and you can do that you might not have the money sir but you can love as Christ loved you know what your family wants the most from you is love not money love not houses love not food love If you love them, you can do anything you want. They'll submit to you. Our value comes from our love. But I first have to be loved by God. Come on, some man today, look at the cross. Look at the cross and see Jesus. Arms stretched wide, bleeding. And out of his side came blood and water. Out of his ribs became the church. We're the glory of the Father. I want to be a godly man. I want to be a loving man. I may not can create. I may not can provide good. I may not be able to protect everyone. But I can be a lover. Who told the men they couldn't love? Who told the men they couldn't be worshipers? Who told the men they couldn't weep? Who told the men that we weren't the lovers? It's a lie. We are the lovers of God. I reject that lie of the devil that says I cannot be a lover because I'm a man. God is a man. Let the men be the greatest lovers in the church. Let the men be the greatest lovers in the family. Oh, God, what a conviction the day in this church service. I want to be baptized with the love of Jesus. 
Oh, God, resurrect the love of men. Resurrect the love of fathers. Resurrect the love of men, of masculine men, of warrior men. Help us have a love. Love gives you a reason to work. Love gives you a reason to fight. Love gives you a reason to build. Love is the reason for it all. I feel the Holy Ghost talking to us right now. Come on, my prayer today is that every man would say, I'm first a lover of God and a lover of people. Everything else is second. Listen to me for a second. Can I tell you a revelation? Before you pray anymore, you can keep praying. Revelation says that Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. Because you know another quality of a man, of a masculine man, he's a planner. Because it's impossible to be a provider and a protector if you're not a planner. Our God didn't just meet us in Vegas and let Elvis marry us. Our God planned our family. And that's why the Bible says that before God ever got a bride or got a child, He got a plan. And from the foundations of the earth, God said, I'm willing to die for them. It's called family planning. And that's why, men, before we ever get married or have kids, we need to make sure we have a plan. You hear me, men? Make sure you're willing to die for them before you ever marry them. Make sure you're willing to die for those kids before you ever have them. Because we get all messed up when we don't plan right. And so from the beginning, our Father was love, not creation. From the beginning, our Father was love, not provision. From the beginning, our Father was love, not protection. Because from the foundation, there was a cross. And our God said, I haven't even seen him yet, but I'll die for him. Love was first, and that's why love is best 